0: Hello world, this is Better Tech, a podcast where we chat with some of the most successful leaders about the latest industry developments. So join us as we explore the world
1: reliance on tech.
0: Hi, Jankia. Thank you very much for being uh, on our podcast show of Better Tech. Uh, We are excited to have you here. Uh, And before we start on the show, today's podcast is going to be around your specialty, which is e-commerce. but. I would like uh, if you can take uh, a bit of time and introduce yourself for our audience. Uh, That would be great.
1: Yeah, sure. And then pleasure to be on um, uh, and talk with you today. So my name is Ajinkya Jaglakar. Uh, I'm the head of e-commerce for the Xfinity brand, which is uh, Comcast's uh, residential uh, consumer brand. Um, And so all the uh, marketing merchandising, uh, you see on the website um, and if you want to purchase on the website, whether that be our uh, internet product or TV, home phone, home security, or even uh, Xfinity mobile, which is a great product we have um, in the mobile space. Um, if you want to purchase any of those online, uh, that's uh, my domain. And me and uh, my team and I um, uh, work through all the marketing and merchandising. So that's what we do. Um, that's what I do today. And uh, you know, um, I, I, I've been in digital uh, since the beginning of my career, um, uh, before I was at Comcast, I was actually uh, working on innovation at JPMorgan Chase, thinking again about how we use digital um, platforms to engage and uh, uh, engage our customers and engage prospects a- as well into taking our services. So, you know, as I moved to Comcast, it made a lot of sense to to, to keep going in, in our digital space and then, and and. Um, uh, started in advertising, actually there, uh, and then moved to uh, e-commerce. So it's been a, it's been a fun ride so
0: far. Great, sounds, sounds good. So, so seems like you've spent quite a bit of life your life in the digital advertising or digital uh, marketing space, and obviously e-commerce is is one of our direct beneficiary of that space. So so talk to us more about uh, uh, the state of kind of e-commerce today. And I mean, um, though the last uh, five six months have been pretty uh, bad for the world overall, world economy overall, and and due to this pandemic, but uh, it seems like the e-commerce is one of the biggest beneficiary, or the digital products is one of the biggest beneficiary out of that. So, so talk to us about the state of e-commerce today, and if you've seen uh, things have changed in the last four five six months, how how it is for you.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say you know this this has been a crazy, unprecedented time um, we're living in across the world, um, uh, which is is un- definitely unfortunate. I think um, if there's one bright spot to your point, it is the, the, some of the e-commerce trends and and just the digital engagement uh, across not only uh, the industry that I sit in, but across kind of the spectrum around how customers are engaging or how companies are engaging their customers digitally, I should say. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, I think that I I saw a stat that I think Visa put it out of e-commerce went from low 20% of um, sort of overall transactions, to 35% uh, of of transaction volume or something similar to that. uh, um, So that kind of growth is, is what I think all of us in e-commerce are seeing. And, and, you know, you see the, um, the pithy memes, hey, you know, we grew 10 years of e-commerce growth in three months. It's it's actually true. And then talking to my peers across across businesses, they they they've seen it as well. So you know the, the, the key is in this environment, um, you know, it's per specifically at the beginning of where we were, it was all about we knew the customer was coming to the site, they didn't want to uh wait on the phone, they didn't want to do some other things, or they needed the, the response right away. So uh, we saw that, we saw people coming, converting, uh, shopping behavior changing from really, you know, a shopping mentality to a buying mentality. I need it now because there was that kind of panic. And now, you know, I think as we move past that, the thing that we're thinking about is we're not seeing, and we might see these again, second wave through, we might see these ebbs and flows, but we, we, we can't focus on the panic buying, right? We need to con- continue to iterate, and and focus on the shopper, the shopper mentality, because this is now the new reality. And shoppers are realizing they don't need to panic buy like they might have in, in, in earlier in this. Mm-hmm. So so um, and the and the real key is, you know, how do we um, uh, take those shoppers and the ones that have already been nudged into the digital space and continue to service them, continue to. Um, be the fastest, quickest, best checkout, get the product they need at the right time. And then those that haven't been nudged, right? Those that in the beginning of the pandemic stayed a little bit laggard in their behaviors, how do we give them the confidence that they, they, can, they can come online, right? Like the rest of the uh, of the world is moving there. They, 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 they can feel comfortable and confident in purchasing. And so I think that's the key as we move into the new sort of reality uh, for lack so of a better bet- term.
0: You mentioned something interesting and that I also believe that uh, and many people, other people are saying that we have uh, kind of, uh, we have done an acceleration of a decade in kind of 10 months or or even smaller. Uh, so the digital and e-commerce adoption has grown uh, by leaps and bounds. So how much of you think uh, are these going, are these consumers who are probably probably having their first or uh, initial experiences of buying on on the internet they'll stick around and they'll won't go back to the physical stores and other other means once uh, this thing is over you think they'll stick around or uh, or it's going to further accelerate or uh, what what are you what are you what is your thinking
1: yeah no it's, it's a good question and i i, I think that uh, I look at my own personal habits right and I, and I always think about this idea that I, I, I use this word the the nudgers have been nudged right this phrase and so I'll use my own example right my wife and I we live in the city of Philadelphia newborn daughter that happened in this uh, pandemic which has been interesting um, but uh, you know prior to this we never did grocery delivery right we we had the opportunity Instacart was in Philadelphia early on you know uh, Amazon delivery it's uh, even grocery stores that we never took advantage of that right we said well we'll still go to the store you know we like to walk around the store we'll still go there or whatever now with a the pandemic being at home a b a constraint on our time we got nudged into buying groceries online and we do it every week now and quite frankly you know a- as the retail opens back up and ebbs and flows we'll probably still do a portion of our shopping uh via delivery because we don't you know we, we know we can get it we've, we've got confidence in there it's easy it's seamless we're able to do it and so i think the key right is the nudgers have been nudged right so you need to now uh they had the confidence to come in you need to not go back on that confidence right and now we, you're getting we, used to, to
0: that you're now getting used to that convenience actually
1: ex- exactly right and so and, and what would, what, so I've been nudged through that. What would make me not do that is if the convenience goes down, right? Like it's harder to get shoppers to shop for me. The mm-hmm. app doesn't work. It's not personalizing, uh, things that I'm, I, I want and, and being, uh, sort of magical in that personalization versus, um, uh, uh, awkward or, or big brotherish, right? Like those are the things that that can take away trust, right? From uh, from someone that's been nudged. So we need to continue to um, reinforce that trust, showing the right things, allowing for quick checkout, uh, you know, uh, reducing friction, being relevant, right? All of those things are what we need to do to con- to maintain that trust. Continue. In our channel, for those that have been nudged, for those uh, that I, I can,
0: I, I oh. can kind of vouch for that as well because um, in my some of other things that I do, I'm an angel investor and I kind of invest in, in a number of. Uh, uh, ecom startups across um, Asia uh, because that were the emerging market in the ecom business and I see I mean their their businesses have grown like 10 times and even though uh, some of the areas have opened up uh, we are not seeing any 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 drastic, dropping in in e-com behavior so you are absolutely yep. right that these guys have been notched, and now they they are into a habit and if they are if even if they're dropping from one app or one site they're trying to find it on another side where the probably the experience is better so right. but but they are now extremely used to it
1: yeah and you're hitting the nail the head, which is the other piece which is you know the thing about e-commerce is yes you want to be relevant trust but the switching costs is relatively easy right to your point um, uh, this app worked great for me on Monday it was broken on Wednesday so I found a new one and now I'm this new app user on Friday right so so again the that's the the, the, the as a consumer the beauty as the uh, as the marketer the e-commerce manager that's the challenge right so you want to again keep them trusting your channel trusting your app trusting your digital experience experience Um, and uh, with the the ease of switching uh, now and and the consumer mindset, particularly in millennial Gen Z with switching being easy uh, and and that mindset of switching, not weighing on the consumer, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that idea of uh, of being simple, being easy, working, building trust um, is so key. And, and, you know, a lot of times I'll get on talk about e-commerce and we'll talk about um, conversion rates and yeah, uh, you, you know, engage traffic. And but I would say the biggest thing that uh, we need to work on is how all those things ladder to trust, right? And it's if I show the wrong product at the wrong time, I'm going right. to break your trust. If I um, have a error in 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 my shopping experience, that's going to diminish trust, right? So wow. how do we think about building trust in the experience and then using offsite marketing? To, to drive and build that trust and awareness as well. You, you,
0: you pointed out to a very important factor, which is trust, and I'll come to that. But just a, a quick question. So, I mean, we had, used to have physical stores and then this all e-commerce come in and we started talking about omni-channel strategy. You feel now, are we going back to more of a singular channel strategy, which is because web is the only channel people are looking at and, and buying. I mean, they're not going to stores, or is it still the omni-channel, which is the king?
1: I, I think it is an omni-channel strategy long-term. I, I think right now we're in a period of um, uncertainty, but I mean, look, there's things that you like to go to the store for, right? There's things that you as humans and not, uh, somebody might say, well, not me, but most humans I think want to interact with people. Most humans like to go and look and touch and feel and do that type of thing in in retail, um, but the the thing is, I think what we've shown is for those those kind of purchases could be your, for lack of a better term, luxury, um, discretionary, you know, uh, aspirational type purchases, right? For for the for your needs, right? For the whether it's uh, you know, um, internet connectivity to your home, whether it's uh, groceries to your house, whether it's you know the standing desk you need to get because you're working from home all the time. Like those are needs where now I have the confidence that I don't need to go and uh, talk to somebody or go to a store and look and touch and feel. Um, so that's the opportunity I think for us to take that, um, that share into digital and then when appropriate, right? Like I do want to look and feel and touch and play with the new iPhone or, you know, I do have, um, uh, a great, uh, entertainment experience that, uh, I don't currently have a house, but I want to see it set up so I can replicate it. That is a way for us to drive to store. That is a way for us to again, further engage our customers. But the key with that is when I'm on site, the data we have and, and personalization we have should be reflected in store and the what I'm doing in store, even if I didn't purchase, right? But I looked, I thought it was great. When I come back to site, how do we connect those the, that, the, those experiences, right? And how do we, you know as as channel managers, Um, not um, uh, how do we as channel managers really think about an omni channel rather than saying, I really need to convert everybody here for this specific thing and take share from other channels. It's more about like, well, how do we think about what's right for the customer? If it's an easy, quick Mm -hmm. checkout, we get them through, (laughs) but if it's something that they want to look and touch and understand more, we get them to the store and then we set appointments and we drive that. So I think it's a, A long-winded way to say I don't think omnichannel is dead. I think once restrictions are lifted, I know, I know, my wife is going to definitely want to go to a store and look and touch and feel, (laughs) uh, but and myself as well. Uh, But uh, it's an outing uh, outing as well.
0: It's an outing as well. Right, right.
1: It's a but but then you that's exactly right. It's an experience. So then, yeah. then we like the mundane, and I hate to say it because uh, I don't. I think we do more in e-commerce than the mundane. But this, I'll call it the necessity: the things you need um, uh, quickly. E-commerce gets it for you. The things that are an experience, are an outing, whatever so that. Yeah, what what we we talked problems.
0: about. I mean, different components of we are talking about different components of e-commerce, and some of this are really customer acquisition, car, cars, buying behavior, et cetera. But let's talk about a little bit from the abstract level that we are just talking. So how you really build customer experience in an e-commerce? What are the important components of that? How you, you mentioned trust, confidence, how that becomes part of the customer experience. You said that if if if, uh, if, if, if there's a product that needs to be touched or felt, uh, you'll bring that customer to... Uh, the physical store, I, I believe that's part of a customer experience. So, so, if you can talk to us more about what is really a customer experience, what could be some best practices around it, how you really build it, and then for an e-commerce store, that will be uh, could be good for our audience.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think the first underlying thing is the data piece. So, if you have an existing website, um, you know, having your teams look through the full funnel, so not just sort of add to cart through checkout, but Really, the full funnel of engagement from people coming to site, what what they are looking at, where they are abandoning, where they are finding friction, where they are kind of doing that, because uh, that's going to that's going to show you where the opportunities lie. There's also great um, tools for qualitative to get really customer uh, insight as well. I, I you know I, I I love the quantitative data personally because that's like uh, there's no subjectivity really,
0: in if there, can, but if but if it's while you are, i sorry about cutting you, but if you, while you are describing this, if you can just uh, name a few tools that will be helpful for our, but probably our audience that, that you use to analyze data to to see customer journeys and you Yeah, uh, yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, so, you know, any of the analytics tools, Adobe, Google Analytics, um, all that can show it. And then we use um, um, some other replay tools. Uh, again, uh, use quantum metric, user replay. So again, they things that can show you the um, really visually see the customer experience as well as the data. Right. I think that's in, in, in important as well. And so, so once you have that, it's really around building a, an experience that um, allows you to surface what's relevant to the customer at the right time. So if I'm coming, um, looking for connectivity services, um, let's talk about and show those services and then start talking about some of the other great wow. things we have rather than um, inundating the, the the user with a bunch of uh, irrelevant maybe um, um, uh, topics <laughs> that'll, that'll actually hamper their ability to understand and convert. So, you know, thinking about those padding, whether it's coming from paid search and what am I searching and what does that experience look like through, you know, if you are using... Um, Uh, an audience type tool, uh, audience manager or or data cast or whatever, what have you, um, how do you um, position, change things on the site or position creative on the site to say, hey, this is the kind of thing you're looking for. We know this about you. So let's surface what's what's relevant. And again, I said it before, but in a way that, um, uh, not to be polyamorous about it, but in a way that's magical, uh, not creepy, right? Because I think that's the, the constant struggle with a marketer of we have all this data about you, but it, it, if it's used really well, it's sort of magic. If it's used poorly, it's creepy, right? We all know that from weird mm-hmm. things we see on social media, right? So, so, but how do we think about those journeys um, throughout uh, uh, that? And then, and then I would say, you know, again, it's how do we consider, right? So if you have a more complex purchase and somebody needs to talk to somebody, then let's surface chat, right? Let's surface a way to connect with um, the the consumer, right? Or or schedule an appointment in store or show what they could be looking at in store. And then the Nirvana state, which we're all in the industry trying to figure out is, then when I go to store, how do we make that a a seamless experience? Then you show up, then they know what you want, especially in this environment, they know what you want and there's limited interaction, right? Uh, whether that's right. curbside or what have you. In the future, it might be a little more interaction, but um, again, the idea of if I come to store and I said, hey, I, I have an appointment to check out this cool thing and nobody knows what you're talking about, then you're not gonna do that again, right? And you're gonna erode trust. So for me, again, just the simple, super simple, it's look at the data, understand where those friction points are and look at it from a journey perspective, right? So not just, I added this offer to cart and then what did that, what happened? But, you know, how did I come in? What was my pathing from media or external? And then what did I do? And then try to build experiences within those, um, whether they be personalized creative, whether they be chat types of engagements or, 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 or you know, kind of drive the store that, that allow your customer to um, uh, uh, get the most and the best of what they need in the session that they intended.
0: Now that's 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 really helpful. That it's really essentially the journey, and you have to see all the points and the restriction points in the journey. You need to remove them and see your customer is getting the best experience. So, but uh, let's let's take a little step back. How I mean, you are. How do you really acquire customers? What are what are some of the most uh, re- uh, I mean, high return for money or high return ROI channels that you have experienced in your Life as an e-commerce uh, leader over the years that that can that really work for you and in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the the uh, the the real key there is, um, you know, not to think about the the last click kind of attribution of the of the of the, of the, of the thing and think of more holistically and and um, i have good fortune in in the company I work in the era that I worked at really smart folks in media, uh, digital media, broadcast media, and all that thinking about the uh, the science of what our kind of advertising mixes and driving. But uh, but I'd say, you know, so the overall you really need to th- think about uh, that because you might, you know, you're gonna get benefit. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, you'll get benefit from analog things that you might not, um, that, you, that you might not expect, right? but. But uh, but but then when it comes to digital, I would say I would say you know obviously from a paid search perspective, you're you have a, a, a high intent, lower funnel audience that's going to um, search, and so th- those advertisements there are obviously uh, how Google makes their money and <laughs> and, uh, and 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 drive high conversion, especially if you have that dedicated experience um, to the folks searching. But I think you know what what's what's becoming a large focus and, and, uh, uh, and I should say becoming, it means been, but, but what the, the mix to me is how you shift some of that to organic, right? How you think about, um, uh, organic search a little differently from whether it's, you know, uh, the, the question modules that are in Google search or whether it's, uh, you know, how you, um, really, as you're building new web experiences, think about, and bring in your SEO team to think about how you can more effectively rank higher um, and be relevant to searches that your customers are searching. I think that to me is the way you can sort of at least pure digital balance some of that high spend activity that could be, you know, as you, I'm sure people are listening have felt when they see the bill from Google versus um, uh, uh organic search. And, and again, the customers will find what they want. Yes, paid search to the top, but uh, so that'll drive. But if, if you can find your own niche with organic and be very high ranking there, that's where you're gonna see some really great value.
0: So you feel that uh, now while uh, the traditional model of e-commerce revolves around buying, I mean, you, you bring in a customer using different ad channels and 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 organic channels and then the buying is typically happened on the website. Uh, but now uh, e-commerce is getting integrated into social media. You can buy on your Facebook page or maybe through within a messenger and there are other things that are coming in. So how do you see these other tools? And, and also with the advent of these voice interfaces as well as uh, uh, chatbots, uh, automation, uh, how do you feel these innovations are changing the e-commerce?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, it's changing the delivery point, right? It's, you know, in, in, you can say social media, but you can also say like in-app kind of models, right? You know, if I'm, uh, uh, you know, and that's what the customers are, are used to, right? I'm in an app, I'm doing something. Let me get that thing that, that, that I'm doing. Oh, uh, I'd love to watch that content. Let me buy it now, right? That, that kind of thing. It's really, to me, changing the end point of con- Assumption, but the um, the way the the thought the process by which you optimize those should be the same, right? It should be what's the customer intent, what's the data, and how do we surface those things to buy in a way um, that makes sense? And to again go back to what I've said before, feel magical and relevant and in the moment. And I think that's the key for social, right? You know, if I'm if I'm hungry, right, uh, then I should be surfacing. That um, that that you know something buy purchase food right or, or right not purchase a a couch right and then so to take it a step further so you know the customer's hungry right do you have a single data point of what they want meaning uh, I know they're hungry but I don't know what time it is and I don't know what they like and, and so I uh, offer them <laughs> some something irrelevant to them, even if, though it's food, because I offer McDonald's and they don't want, like McDonald's. Or do I know, hey, this person, it's noon, and this person likes sushi, and uh, they're hungry, so uh, and they've ordered from this sushi restaurant uh, across town before, so let's surface that up and then try to um, sell them on that. Right? And that's a very generic kind of example, but you can see that idea of triangulating the data points and using that... Uh, that channel, right? Cause it's just a different method of delivery to surface that. So that's, that's sort of the way I feel about in-app and social it's, 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 it's all the same best practices. It's not reinventing the wheel, but it's how do you be even more timely because essentially they they might not be coming to your, your uh, e-commerce website to buy, which is a different type of customer. It's somebody that's either in your app ecosystem or in a partner app or a social ecosystem how do you kind of get to them and then uh and then the the voice search is a fan is a different um beast that i think everyone's trying to figure out i mean it's easy um sort of in platform i want to watch uh uh this new movie you know and for xfinity you can say it in your voice remote it'll come on screen you can rent the movie i mean that that that's voice search but but when you're like when you're trying to figure out, well, show me a bunch of options, right? How, you know, the voice, is the voice gonna read you a bunch of, of potential things you could do, right? That's sort of onerous. So it's, again, I think it's using, at least right now, using voice as the interface tool for the search function to drive you to that e-commerce channel. So that's sure. at least my opinion on, 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 at least on those emerging yeah, kind of- Yeah, matters.
0: but I guess then you'll also have to figure out uh... I mean, when when you're building an audience on your website, you can you you have your own site where you are building a set of audience. But with these in-apps, messengers, and others, <clears throat> there are other platforms where you're building audience. So probably, <clears throat> where eventually the audience uh, stick to you or some other platform uh, that could really uh, come into play. One thing over here is that do you feel there is any fundamental difference in selling a digital? A product versus a physical product online?
1: Is there a fundamental difference between uh Yes. And I, I, the, the thing I would say about that is uh, the, the physical nature of something requires a shipment, it requires a time to delivery, it requires a answering the front door, right? It requires also then uh, a physical nature of it in your home, in your space, how it looks, how it'll interact with other things so um a digital product which is you know again if we go back to the concept of switching like it's very easy to switch from digital product to digital product relatively speaking right i don't have to measure something i don't have to right it's just do i have enough space or does it work with my uh, system yes um go do that so i think there there is a difference on how you merchandise and market and how you compare those different um funnel metrics, uh, because, you know, again, if, you're, if I'm trying to get you to get a service, I don't care that, that there's a back order because there is no back order, right? If I'm trying to sell you an iPhone, if we sold out of that um, color of iPhone, then there's a back order, we need to rethink um, that. So I, I, I do think uh, there's a fundamental difference um, in, in, in the way we sell, but again, the process though should be all the same, right? What's the journey for someone to buy? What's the data saying? How do we optimize
0: that funnel accordingly? Yeah, I, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because we had been working for some time with a uh, with a SaaS company. We are we are actually building uh, with them with their platform. Uh, that's called uh, that's for auto replenishment. So I was just talking to them that I guess your platform is just for physical products. Uh, is there an auto replenishment for? Digital products as well, and we were, we were thinking what would be an auto replenishment for a digital product, but anyway, uh, so it just came to me that what what are we bypassing when we are talking about a physical product versus a digital product? So, yeah, I, it seems like uh, that you and I can can go on and on <laughs> on this. And, and I'm really enjoying the discussion because I think it's it's making me thinking and and you also seem to be answering very well. But I guess uh, the, I, I always say that in the interest of uh, time and to keep it relevant for people, I do not try to stretch it beyond 30 minutes. So one last question and probably sure. I think we have enough uh discussion that we can we can also have another episode of uh on on e-commerce uh, <laughs> on some other stuff so there's a lot so, to talk yeah, about right <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot to talk about i i feel that we have just even scratching the tip of the iceberg so but anyway uh i mean where where what do you see the uh in your uh side the trends in e-commerce in the next maybe five years or so
1: oh so the, yeah the question about uh, the, the sort of long term it's it's interesting because we've been We've been thinking through this and I, and I do, again, I'll re-echo some of the things we said before, but I do think in e-commerce it's it's, it's not going to be to me, a channel view. It's a pervasive view about um, e-commerce is going to be the primary uh, front door. I mean, it already is, or like your website. Most people go to Google search, find you on the web, and then whether they go to store or call or whatever, they start there. So it's, how do we, Really embrace that as the entry point and for for sales, but also then uh, uh, continue to build that trust. Right, be personalized, and then enable the other things within the business. Right, so whether it's you're a business that has retail, how do we drive you to that? If you have people, uh, then how do we drive you to chat and engage when necessary? Um, and then how do we just you know bring some of those immersive experiences, particularly as bandwidth gets higher, uh, mobile devices are now on five, are becoming 5G, right? How do we um, you know, get those experiences more immersive uh, on-site so uh, we can bridge the gap to the point we made before of the things you want to go look and touch and feel? You'll still want to do that because it's an experience, to your point. But how do we close that experience gap uh, in the digital channel? Because I think there's... Uh, you know, we're we're doing really great at moving people through the funnel and and reducing friction and personalizing and starting to get there. But those experiences, look, the touching, the feeling, the augmented reality of where it looks in my space, all that—that's kind of where um, where where I see it going, and and I'm excited to uh, to to figure it out with everybody uh, that's listening and you yourself.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we are we are also uh, looking with excitement that where this thing is going. I mean, we, I, I, as I said, that I was, had been an angel investor in some of the e-com startups and as a software company, we also work with a number of, we are working with like, at least a couple of uh, startups who are building SaaS systems for some function of an e-commerce. One of them is replenishment. So so we are also seeing a lot of uptick, and uh, we are excited that where this is going, it's also opening up a lot of opportunity. And also with, with huge amounts of data, Uh, the new avenues around machine learning and AI becomes uh, open and available. So yeah, exciting times and uh, at least for e-commerce, if not in general from the health perspective, but let's hope that we all come out of it and the e-commerce keeps going strong and strong. So I think, uh, thank you very much for being with us on uh, this podcast show. I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope uh, you enjoyed talking to us as well. And uh, there's a lot uh, that we can discuss on and on. And perhaps we can have uh, another episode on that as well.
1: That sounds great. It was great talking to you as well. And uh, hope this was insightful and, you know, um, stay healthy and stay safe and, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to Podcast for Better Tech. We look forward to bringing you the latest industry news in our next episode. In the meantime, Check out our other episodes at texelcom slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode.